Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I don't know if anybody noticed we had a new person on our worship team. He's actually been on our worship team before, but back there at the, at the sound booth. Thank you, Joel. <clears throat> Vic has been a very happy camper these last couple of months with more people stepping forward with worship. I mean, if you think about it, church, uh, Vic has really carried a load for several, quite a few months of making sure that we still have, you know, a time of, of corporate worship before the Lord, and, uh, and so God has been answering uh, him by reason of complaint. Uh, there's a scripture that about that, David says, the Lord answered me by reason of complaint. I guess if we complain enough, the Lord will answer us. No, he prayed diligently, and the Lord has answered him. Well, a couple of things. I don't know if this is actually, do we have sound, audio going out? But if we do, uh, my grandson, uh, four-year-old grandson Bennett in Texas, uh, had his mom text me this morning and say that if grandpa was preaching, he wanted to watch it online. So I said I would, I would send out a text and I would send out a, a, a shout out to Bennett. So, Bennett, a shout out to you and to anybody that's watching online. We want to give you our Jesus greeting. Everybody remember what that is? Hey, oh! Uh, I love that. That's our, that's our main greeting anymore. When I answer the phone, hey, oh! If you don't know where that came from, it comes from Saddleback Kids cartoon. And that's how Jesus is always greeting his disciples. Hey, oh! And I, it made Jesus kind of uh, real to me again in a, in a more, you know, uh, honest way. A um, couple of things I learned this weekend I thought I'd share with you as I'm preparing my thoughts here. We had our grandsons from Anchorage out uh, Friday and Saturday. And my five-year-old grandson, Eli, said to me, Grandpa, I th you must be a really fast runner. I bet you can run really fast. And I said, oh, why is that? And he says, because you're bald. <laughs> and I go, oh? And he goes, yes, you know, your hair can get caught in the wind, cause you to slow down, but but you don't have that problem. <laughs> Kids are so, so I love five-year-olds. They're so, they don't have the boundaries. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful stuff. Just listen to five-year-olds. You'll have a great day. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, it's, it's sort of a puzzle a jigsaw puzzle of several pieces, and hopefully when I'm done, those pieces will have fit together and we'll have 
somewhat of a picture. Uh, that's how I put jigsaw puzzles together. Uh, I wait. My wife loves jigsaw puzzles, and I wait until there's like five pieces left. And then I come, oh, got it. And uh, I just don't have the, the uh, mindset to start at the beginning, unless it's very squared. Then, then I know where squares fit. But other than that, I wait for the, for the uh, other giftings in other people's lives to assemble it. I want to talk about gifts and anointings and principles and how it affects our identity, our identity, and affects our, our lifestyle overall. And the title of my message today is The Church as an Audience or as an Army. I believe the church for the past several decades has done an excellent job of building an audience, but we have done a very poor job of building an army. And I believe the church is an army. I believe it's the army of God. And I believe it's the one thing that will carry the message of Christ and the salvation of God and preach the gospel throughout the earth in anticipation of his return. Amen? Thank you. That's hot. So I'm wanting to look at gifts, anointing, and principles, or fruit. I'm putting those two together, principles and fruit. And all, of three, all three of these working together to cause you to be a mature Christian. You see, a mature Christian will have all of those functioning in their lives. Not only just a gift, or not only just an anointing, or not only just a principled living, but all of those functioning together through the Holy Spirit in their lives is what I believe brings maturity. Gifts are given, and it says they remain. The gift of God is without repentance or without change. And I personally believe, this is just a personal uh, belief of mine, that it says when God gave gifts to men and women, and severally, as it pleases him, I don't think that's limited to just once you become a member of a church. I think people are given gifts. What they do with those gifts, whether they actually come into the fullness of the knowledge of Christ and use those gifts for his glory, or they don't use them for his glory. And they allow Satan to use those gifts to try to bring glory to him or to even to themselves. So let's look at, begin at looking at Romans 11.29. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. 
Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. But the gifts and calling of God are without recall. We have two seasons in Alaska, election and recall. Over in chapter 12, verse 6, let's see what that says. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as, you, as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And it goes on to talk about other aspects of how those gifts can function well. I love that prophesy had that prophetic word this morning. I think it's so important when we have a prophetic word that we um, don't let it just slip away. It's so easy to just let it slip away and not consider it throughout your week and what God wants to speak to the church through it. Um, then it says that we as a church should judge prophecy, you know, I recall a story of a pastor down in Seattle, out of a, a church in Anchorage. They were sent, and uh, a man stood up and gave a prophetic word, and then right afterwards, the pastor got up and said, uh, well, it says we're to judge prophecy, and we really don't believe that was a word from the Lord. And the man stood up again and said, it was to me, saith the Lord. <laughs> so what do you do with that? <laughs> so there's no one in here that has been left, out, left without a gift. You've all been gifted in, in many ways. And... In the church world, uh, we have really taken some time to exalt gifts and recognize gifts. But often then we find as we look at that leader or look at that person, that evangelist, that leader, that pastor, that teacher, whatever they might be, and maybe they've built up a, a huge following on, on, online or a, a, you know television, whatever it might be. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, they do something really dumb. They do something stupid. And they fall. Failings happen. Failings happen more often when we're looking at the gift only. Anyway, I was saying before that I believe gifts are given to all men. I believe there's apostles out there that have never come to Christ and they know how to motivate and they know how to lead and they know how to 
preach a, 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 a message that's not to the glory of God. Most of us in here could say we, we love music, some genre or another. There's probably a few in here that even likes uh, country music. Some like rock and roll, some like, uh, hopefully nobody likes rap. Um, there's a lot of musicians that I believe were given that gift but they've never known how to or come to the knowledge of Christ and know how to use it to bring glory to Him. So they bring glory. But that message resounds and motivates and leads people. Number one, I think music is very prophetic. I believe music releases the spirit of prophecy. And I believe that it brings in the atmosphere of God and the prophetic brings in the atmosphere of God. So there's a lot of musicians out there that have never come to Christ, yet they're gifted. Where did that gift come from? See, I believe all gifts come from God. Um, often we try to develop gifts that we don't have. We see somebody and we go... I want to be like that. I've got a fella I know. He wants to be Benny Hinn. He starts acting like Benny Hinn. He starts walking like Benny Hinn. He, he can't comb his hair like Benny Hinn. But I've even seen him take his jacket off and swirl his jacket like Benny Hinn. And, uh, and uh, I went... I think one Benny Hinn's enough. How about the anointing? See, without the anointing, I believe the gift does not bring glory to God. You see, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah, it says, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring healing. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me so it's the anointing that keeps the gift fresh, keeps the dust off of it, keeps it actively bringing glory to the Father. That's how those things function together. And then principles. If you don't have good principles or good uh, fruit in your life, these other things simply do not ultimately last to the glory of God, because you will fall. You just will. We're all prone to that. There's a lot of principled people. They walk in the principles. They understand the principles. I, I read a, a, a Tony Robbins book. How many are familiar with Tony Robbins? Yeah. Uh, he's got a book out I read a number of years ago, Mind Power, or The Power of the Mind. I can't remember. I have book dyslexia, uh, book title dyslexia. Anyway, in it, he talks about the principle of tithing. He never mentions God. He never mentions how tithing works or giving works. He simply takes this idea that came from God, and he, he says, when you give, it opens up 
an avenue in your life to receive. And it also says, no matter where I find myself in life, I have more than I need. And he says it unleashes, un, un, unleashes a, um, a uh, how did he word that? It unleashes a principle, is what he said, in the universe that brings blessing to your life. And I thought, there's a man with a gift, but he's never found how to bring it around to bring glory to God. I know people that have tremendous principles in their life. They live good, moral, strong lives. Some of them even, I, I look at them, I go, I can't. I don't know how they do it. I fall short. And they just have such a moral, strong, principled life. And yet they not come to a place of surrendering that to the Lord. Now, I believe as a church, we have built, uh, like I said, we've been really good at building an audience. An audience can have all of these things, never know what to do with them, never know how to be motivated by them, never know where to go with it, never know how to act on it. There's a principle in the Bible that says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and then act on it. We've been talking a lot about identity over the past couple of months. Your identity in Christ. And I was thinking of this in terms of, this is a second piece of the puzzle, by the way. Got two pieces coming now. Identity as an individual. Uh, as an individual, and your identity is a part of the whole, the body of Christ, the church, there's, there's aspects to this. Our identities can constantly change. We can be a single brother or sister or a teenager and grow up. As you grow up, your identity changes. Uh, you can be a parent. Uh, you can be a step-parent that changes your identity. You can have all these aspects that change your identity. I'm now a grandparent. I asked my grandson after he told me how fast I could run. I said, uh, we were talking about something, and I said, uh, do you know what uh, Nona's name is? Yeah, it's Nona. Do you know what Grandpa's name is? It's Grandpa. And I said, well, my name is Mark. Oh, I know that, but you're Grandpa. Our identities can evolve, and they do evolve. And they do change. And it's the same way in the church. How many of you are familiar with the, um, the show, The Munsters? Has everybody seen the, the show, The Munsters, at some point in time? Or if not, get on YouTube, look up The Munsters. Herman Munster. In this show, there's Cousin It... And there's uh, all these different members, but there's this one that is not a member called Thing. How many are familiar with Thing? 
thing is a hand. That's all it is. And it comes out of a box and walks around and does certain things. It's pretty good at serving, but it's disconnected completely. And I believe our identities in Christ will always connect us to the body. We're not to be things. We're to be parts. Somebody asks you, what do you do? Say, I'm a part. A part of what? Part of God's family. I was going to have a little video clip of thing up there, but that required too much work and a gift that I don't have. Okay, let's, let's turn to the book of Genesis. Is any of this starting to put a little picture together for you, or is there still some parts of the puzzle I'm missing? I'll tell you, it was uh, really difficult uh, to take last weekend off, but we enjoyed it. Um, it was difficult in that we are so practiced at being to church on Sunday mornings that uh, uh, I don't know how many years it's been. I mean, we very much don't miss Sunday mornings unless we're ill or something. But uh, it's so good to know that at any given moment, so put, tuck this away, everybody. You might be called upon by me to say, you know, I'm not going to be there Sunday. Why don't you get up and say something? And you're thinking, me? You, you never know. It's good to have you back, by the way. In Genesis chapter 4, we see a story about Cain and Abel. Now, in verse 1, now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. And when she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. And when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. And when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of the crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. We'll come back to that in just a moment. I've looked at this for most of my Christian walk. Why did God not accept Cain's? And why did he accept Abel's? Um, there's different ways of looking at it. One is he wanted a blood sacrifice. You know, it required a blood sacrifice. But you know, this was before the law. 
Although we see that to cover Adam and Eve, God had instituted that. But I think there's something a little bit more at work here than just um, that God didn't accept the offering of grains and the produce of the land, whereas he accepted the uh, lambs that uh, Abel gave as a shepherd. Um, that could be part of it, but I'm looking at, at it from a little different perspective here. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Now let's think about that. It didn't say that Abel's gift got him acceptance. It says the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Hmm. Goes on to say, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. So it seems to be led in this particular portion as I'm looking at it of Scripture, the way it's written, is that he dealt first with the man, the person, and then the gift. Cain became very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. So there's a lot more things that go deeper here than just that their sacrifice that they brought. There's something going on. You see, even before the law was given, God gave man a conscience. And in giving man a conscience, he knew right from wrong. I read a thing uh, recently by Spurgeon, I believe it was, and he said that discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. I believe that Cain's heart and thought life were not good. I believe Cain's thought life was one given to um, perhaps jealousies, envies, anger, um, Whatever, whatever comes to mind when you think of the human's ability to be affected in their emotions. His thought life, I don't believe, was overly pleasing to God. So let's read on. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. 
Sin is crouching at the door. You see, I believe we all have a door in our lives. Um, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens to me, I'll come in and sup with him. So there's a place of fellowship that comes when we open this door of our heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock at your heart. If you'll open it up to me, I'll come in and fellowship with you. Here he says, sin is crouching at the door of your heart, Cain, but you can master it if you choose to. What are the types of things that could be standing at your door that would affect spiritually your identity? I said a few weeks ago, when you embrace a false identity, you change your destiny. Here's some, here's some things that I think can be knocking at our door any given time during the day. Offense. Competition. I believe Cain was probably competitive towards his brother Abel, especially when he began to see Abel was, God was pleased with Abel, but he wasn't overly pleased with Cain. He couldn't put the two together. He had a conscience. If he would have allowed his conscience to surrender to God, I believe he would have seen these things. Offense, competition, comparing. In fact, the scripture even exhorts us, says, don't compare yourselves among yourselves if that's not wise. Jealousy, covetousness, unthankfulness, unforgiving, unsatisfied, entitlement, victimization. Why do you look so de dejected, Cain? Oh, I've been victimized by God. I jokingly said this morning to Lonnie, she said, didn't I answer your text? So I had to look back because there's a lot of times I don't answer people's texts. I'll, I'll get busy and I'll forget. So uh, I saw that she did not answer my text. And I said, that's it. I'm leaving the church. <laughs> False hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Self-righteousness, justifying yourself, indignation, all of these things can be crouching at your door. It says you must master them. How do we do that? Well, there's something else that's standing at your door and knocking. I think this goes back to the anointing. The anointing is the freshness. The anointing is what keeps the dust off of the gift. The anointing is the new wine. The anointing is the new oil. It's referred to as all of these things. We must keep the anointing always invited in. And the anointing is the Holy Spirit. 
the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me, speaking of Christ, to be able to preach the gospel, to bring deliverance, to set the captives free, to do all of these things. Those required gifts. You've got to have a pretty good gift to go in and set a captive free. If anybody's read history, throughout history, uh, in, the, in the times of... Uh, of uh, in the 1400s especially, you could be a, a knight and uh, trained and equipped and valuable. You probably knew things like engineering. You knew things like strategy. You knew things about warfare. You knew things about things that were necessary to bring about victory to your king, your nation, whatever it might be. And uh, if you got captured, you were valuable to the one who captured you, either through the gift you had, you can bring about certain things for us, or through a ransom, especially if you were a knight that came from a wealthy family. They would ransom you. Or if you were worth something of value to the Catholic Church at the time, the Catholic Church would eventually say, well, yeah, I think he's worth more to us. We'll pay the ransom and get you back. So here's Cain. He knew that somehow he was not pleasing God. I believe it started with his thought life. I believe it started with his heart. I believe that he began to develop a, 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 a allowing these things. It says sin crouching at your door, covetousness, anger towards his brother, uh, anger towards um, his parents. Why did you have another son? Yeah. Kids think those things. Why do my parents love, love you more than they love me? Why are my parents, I mean, parents are a huge thing in a kid's life, in the way they are. Um, so all of these things can be working, and that's what he's carrying around with him all the time, all the time. And I believe that's where God's speaking to him, that's saying, Cain, it's because of these things I'm not pleased with you. Therefore, your offering is polluted. Your offering is unacceptable. It's not that I don't value the produce of the land. It's the heart condition by which you're living in. You're living in the wrong heart condition. I don't know if I completed my thought on uh, knighthood. Did I complete that thought? Yes, no, maybe. How many, no how many yeses, how many noes, how many maybes? In other words, what I'm wanting to say is that you can be very valuable to the enemy and he's out to capture you. 
You can also be very valuable to God, and he's out to capture you. It's who you will surrender to that determines that. Will I surrender to these things that are crouching at my door? But the scripture is very clear. You have the ability to not do that. You have the ability to says, stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand firm in your faith. Stand and the enemy will flee from you. Resist him and he will flee from you. You see, we need to become more of an army and less of a, an audience that's like, I don't like the songs they're playing right now. I don't like the things they're teaching right now. I don't like the, it's, it's not my genre. I'm not a, a country guy. Well, I'm not a rap person. Well, I don't, sorry, I'm a rock and roll guy. <laughs> But none of this new rock and roll stuff. Um, what's important is that I surrender to the right side. Everybody's captured at some point in time. But it's where you surrender that's important. You must surrender yourself to Christ Jesus. And when you do that, he will begin to bring about change in your life. And that change in your life will bring about difficult circumstances. But in the face of difficult circumstances, you will be able to stand. When you become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you get knocked down, you'll be able to stand up again and you'll know how to fight back. That's the difference. You'll know how to fight back. When you're an audience member, oh, I'm offended, I'm out. She didn't answer my text. <laughs> my wife pointed out this area in my life this week. I'm out. I, when you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and you get knocked down, whether it's in finances, in life, whether it's a a failure. You just, you just blow it. You just make a big mistake and you mess up. But when a disciple, discipleship's working in your heart, you'll know how to get up and you'll know how to fight back. You see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons, our, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Is that the kind of army you want to be a part of? That's the kind of army I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of this army that knows how to rise up, needs, knows how to address the things in the spirit, see them break over my life, see them break over my family, see them broken over my city, and see things changed. Or I can be the one that says, well, I don't want to leave the church, the confines of the little room that I feel comfortable in, even though I can't stand the people. <laughs> Cain had a choice. He chose wrong. He had a choice. We all have a choice. 
I'll tell you what, God is moving throughout this world today. And he's calling forth an army. He's calling forth men and women. And he's saying, it's time for you to take your place. It's time for you to take those gifts I've given you, whatever they might be. Find out what they are. And brush off the dust. And get the anointing of God on your life. And the way of getting the anointing of God on your life is coming to the Holy Spirit and saying, fill me, anoint me, empower me, and cause me to do the things you want me to do because I'm yours and I'm surrendered to you, Jesus. Things will change. Boy, I'll tell you, there was, I'm going to end this soon, but there was a time in my life, man, I was filled with victory. I was filled with power. I was filled with all these good things, and then my business went, <laughs> I made a bad business decision against good counsel. But I didn't quit. I paid for it. It was hard, but I didn't quit. There were times in my marriage that it was difficult when we had challenges and difficulty. Let me tell you, when your finances are challenging you, your marriage is challenging you. When you're bringing your problems home, your spouse is challenged. I always tell folks, Unstring your bow before you get in the house. Because your house is a place of peace, it's not a place to hunt. And I had challenges. Babe Ruth said it this way. How many like Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth put it this way. It's hard to beat a person who won't quit. Don't quit. Pursue God. You're offended? Get over it. We heard that message a few months back. How many have been offended in the last six months by somebody? I was offended yesterday. My grandson told me I was bald. But you know what comes with that? The benefit of I can run really fast. So I had a choice. Be offended or have victory. You have a choice. Have these things limit you or walk in the victory and power of the gifting of God that's on your life and the anointing, allowing that anointing to come to you and then begin to line up your confessions, begin to line up your lifestyle to live according to the principles that cause those things to be strong. Amen? How many are ready to become and sign up to an army? How many want to be an audience? It's okay. God loves audiences too. You're just not going to be as happy. Let's all stand. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.